everybody. Welcome to another edition of Straight Talk here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. WEEU and online at WEEU.com. It's Nick Lawrence. Always good to be with you and uh, with our special guest today. I'm looking forward to our show because we have a a great uh, conversation in store for you today. Our special guest is an award-winning author. She's a medical intuitive and she's a spiritual guide. She's a renowned luminary. She's an author, obviously, and she's written this amazing book called In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. Our guest today is Mata Eliza Dalian. Mata, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. I'm, I'm excited about talking to you. And, you know, first of all, I'm interested in your life a little bit and, and how you got to write these things and become a spiritual intuitive. So tell us about your life a little bit growing up and, and how you came uh, to be here and how to write this book then. Uh, well, like anybody else's life, um, my, my life has been a long journey, and I don't only mean this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long journey of looking and missing and being in pain and suffering and trying to find the big, you know, the big answer to, the, to that big question, who am I, mm-hmm. and finding the meaning of life. So I came into this lifetime with already equipped with all those questions in a way, and they revealed themselves to me very early on. And I realized um, when I was five years old that life here on Earth is temporary, and the most important thing for me would be to know who I am. You already and knew. You already knew that at five years old. Well, I, I, I it, it, uh, it just suddenly revealed itself to me when I witnessed my grandfather's death. Okay. And when I saw death, I knew that I will be dying as well. Mm-hmm. So the question was obvious. Um, especially for children, there's more... Children come with less baggage, and there's more awareness. My experience with working with children, this is how they are. They have more of um, connection with who they are with themselves. And then as we go through education system, as we go through university you know, the life and the difficulties, then we forget the connection to who who we truly are. Mm. And then life becomes a struggle, and uh, that's why we suffer. And then, obviously, in the process of our development, our ego has to develop as well. Mm. So we're we're pure, in a sense, when we come into the world? We're a pure spirit in some level or not? Yes, yes. Because what happens every lifetime, once we've... We're in transition, what the Tibetan people call the bardo, from one life to another life. Mm-hmm. Then there's, it's, it's like, you know, when we go to sleep, we need that time to rest. And when we have a long lifespan here of 80, 90 years on the planet, we need, we need that respite from yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. We need the time to rest. So this is where it's very essential that we have that rest time in the spirit world where we don't have to carry the burdens and the weight of the material reality. So do you believe there's there's a time in between lives that people spend in this in this non-physical world and then they eventually come into the into the physical world again? That's how it goes, not just uh, because of I feel so, but because I remembered many of my past lives. Wow. And 
And it just logically makes total sense mm-hmm. because just the way we need sleep in order to rejuvenate. If we go without sleep, we just won't be able to maintain any kind of balance. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. ha- you have a, um, obviously an attuned awareness of who you are, but why is it difficult for, for us to really know who we are and, uh, and to be aware of what's going on inside of us many times? I mean, you obviously you've spent your entire lifetime developing these concepts, these ideas, knowing who you are, coming into the world with a realization perhaps that a lot of other people have not had or still don't have. So why is it difficult for us to know ourselves so well? Well, because we are conditioned with so many conditionings and so many belief systems, we forget that knowingness of our true being. And also because we don't have the education, especially in the West, Mm -hmm. to bring that um, understanding that this world is temporary and we are going to die, so we might as well find the truth of who we truly are. Mm-hmm. Because once we do, then we don't need to have to suffer. We understand that we don't need to be attached to the physical reality because the whole universe mm-hmm. is for us to explore and to enjoy and to travel through. It's like the Star Trek. We can be on Star Trek forever. That would be great. I love it. So, yeah. uh, so are I mean, are there skeptics about what you're saying, or do people say, well, uh, you know, Mata, have, how have you applied the the scientific method to what you're saying? What's the empirical proof for what you're saying? I'm sure there are people that are skeptical about what you have to say. Well, the skepticism comes from not knowing and not having experience, mm-hmm. and there, there. There's so many people who have had near-death experiences. They come back and tell stories where they were seeing people, they were seeing what was happening with their body on the operating table. So these things exist, and many people have talked about them. And the reason people are skeptical, in my opinion, is because they're afraid of the unknown. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of something they don't know. So is it ever part... Partly that we do feel we feel bad, but our fear stops us from knowing what to do. You mentioned the word fear there, so so is it? People recognize when they don't feel well, but they don't really know what to do about it half the time. We we go to a doctor, we do a traditional medical model, we do things like that, but people really don't know how to touch uh, you know the core of who they are. Uh, exactly, and that's precisely why I um, ended up devising this. Mm-hmm. new healing technique, which allows people to go into their body, into what's stored in the body, in the unconscious, in their body's cellular memory, mm-hmm. and bring them out to the surface and disidentify from what they're actually identified with and believe to be true, because all the experiences that we have had in the past, we've made conclusions about those experiences, and those conclusions are the beliefs that are running like programs in our body. Mm -hmm. So with this technique, it allows people to go into those beliefs, identify the root causes of any kind of ailment, as a matter of fact, because the physical ailments are an outcome or they stem from Mm -hmm. what mentally, emotionally is not happening Mm -hmm. within 
the body and the uh, energy is not flowing. So, really. yeah. So you you accept the idea of what you're what you call cellular memory as if it's absolutely correct. And I'm not saying it's not because I accept that as well. But the point is, I don't know that many people think in terms of memory as ascribed to all the cells of your body rather than let's say to your you know to the part of your brain where your memory is stored. So how did how do you uh, explain unconscious? You call it unconscious belief patterns. In in the body's cellular memory. When you say cellular, what do you mean? Uh, what I mean is that what I discovered is that the thought patterns and emotions are stored in different parts of the body. They're not just stored in the brain. Okay. So the brain could be that um, part that looks at things and, and tries to create a logical explanation about things. But what's the unconscious of the body is the part that when we have experienced many different traumatic experiences, for example, it's not just in the brain. Our whole body has felt it. Mm-hmm. If somebody has an accident <coughs> and they feel fear, their whole body, the breath stops and their whole body f- feels that shock, mm-hmm. So, which means all the cells in the body feel the shock. It's not just the brain. Mm-hmm. Do, tho- do those um, experiences occur? Cu- uh, Accumulate, and are they cumulative in a sense? So, if you've had multiple traumas in your life, does that does the uh, impact on your cellular memory get greater with each trauma? What happens is uh, the way I look at life is every experience is there to teach us something. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn our lessons. When we don't learn our lessons then we keep repeating the same pattern and similar circumstances, similar situations start happening. And every time something happens, which was um, reminiscent of what happened before, we accumulate layers of those experiences. So then it's like layers of the clouds. Mm -hmm. The clouds get darker and darker and darker because there's more layers. And in order for us to come to the place where... The sun shines, which is within our being and within our consciousness. We need to start releasing those layers, mm-hmm. and that's another um, another very important part that this new technique brings mm-hmm. for people to be able to do that. Yeah, we're going. I want to talk in detail about that throughout the show as we talk. But so, does it take a guide to help someone do this? Though, I mean, you have a program. We're going to be talking about it. But is it important to have a spiritual guide of some type to help you through this? The um, the new set, healing the body and awakening consciousness with the Dalian method. It's it's it comes with the book and two CDs. The CDs are guiding. Um, the book prepares helps you prepare, but the CDs are guiding you step-by-step, and you can do this on your own because I've worked with people one-on-one since 1997, and I've seen the same thing happen in terms of when I look at the human body and I work with the mind and the emotions. I I, I work very scientifically because I'm not attached to the story. I just see how the story is unfolding, and when I used or I started exploring this technique, because I'm able to see the precise thought forms in people's bodies and energy, and using that ability and just exploring to see how can these things be lived and released so that we can come to consciousness that's within each person. So that's how gradually this technique was devised, and 
it's very powerful in a sense that it takes you outside the mind, so you don't need to use the mind. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're working with this system, you're working with the body, with the mental programs that's, that are in the body, with emotional um, pain that's in the body, and you also work with your spirit and consciousness mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. That's why the transformation <coughs> happens permanently. We have so much to talk about. We're fo- we're, folks, we're talking to uh, Mata Dalian today, the author of In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. We're going to get into all of these things in just a moment. I want you to go to her website while you're listening to the show. It's her name, Mata, M-A-D-A, Dalian, D-A-L-I-A-N.com, Mata Dalian. Dot com. There's plenty of information there. We're going to be back after these messages. We're going to get into much more detail with our special guest today. You're listening to Straight Talk here on The Voice, 830 AM WEEU and online at WEEU.com. This is Nick Lawrence. We'll be back right after these messages. Why be afraid if I'm not alone? Life is never easy, the rest is unknown. Up to now, for me, it's been hands against stone. Each and every moment, searching what to believe. Coming out of the Hey, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to Straight Talk here on The Voice, 830 AM WEEU, coming out of the dark, which is exactly what we're talking about today. We have a very special guest on the show with me today. Mata Dalian is with us, and she's the author of In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. What a nice title that is. We need to understand what that is. You can go to her website while you're listening to the show which is her name, Mada, M-A-D-A, Dalian, D-A-L-I-A-N.com. Now, um, Mada, you talked about being able to see these things in people. Uh, you know, do you mean literally see them with your physical eyes, or is it more of a sensing? Is it a feeling? What is, it, what is a medical intuitive, anyway, which is what you are? Well, what I, uh, there's two things that happen. I actually see the conscious and unconscious parts in the in the body and around the body, but I see it with my eyes closed. Okay. It's interesting because I use my third eye mm-hmm. center, and I look from that third eye, which is our inner eye, and I can see that as dark and light areas, so I know which areas are in the unconscious that need to be worked through. And in terms of when I look into the energy with my ears or hear them, I hear the precise thoughts that are stuck in the energy, stuck in the body, that are blocking mm-hmm. the energy flow. They're creating many illnesses, and they're very easy and very simple to actually transform once they're released. And the body automatically flows with health. That automatically happens because if we take our organs and energy flows and there's no 
blocks and barriers that we put in, there's no repressions, our body would be very healthy. And even with, with junk food, it will still be healthy because to a degree, junk food, of course, you know, it affects. Mm-hmm. But our thoughts and what we repress and our emotions, they're much more powerful in terms of creating illnesses than the junk food is. So you mentioned the idea that you see with your third eye. For people who don't know where the third eye is, where, where would you show that on the body? Because not everyone understands the chakra system. So where would that uh, be? Yeah, that's the area between the eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, a characteristic. It's a, a quality of, of, in a sense, knowing without knowing, seeing without seeing. Is that what you mean? That's right. That's that's called the inner eye, mm-hmm. and that's um, that's the center because every chakra point in the body has its own quality, and the third eye center between the eyebrows has the quality of being able to see things for what they really are instead of just project mm-hmm. beliefs. So, uh, so that's the center that normally. We, we don't even talk about or touch or try to open so there's more understanding. And we try to do everything visually or um, try to program our mind, and we skip that center altogether. But at the same time, that center is also connected with the, um, the back of the head, the pituitary gland, and the occipital part of the um, brain so that where all our memories are stored. And in order to see those memories, we still need that third eye. And a lot of the time um, in techniques such as hypnosis, for example, people have some memories come up. So that's where, where it's coming from. It's coming from the ability of the third eye to see mm-hmm. what's stored. So your ability to your ability to use your third eye to see these things is that something is that a learned experience was that innate in you is it something you've developed over your lifetime was it always there from the beginning I think I've developed it through many lifetimes but this lifetime definitely meditation has helped Okay and um the third eye gets developed through the experience of practicing witnessing so when I say meditation, meditation is a practice of witnessing, watching, simply watching, watching thoughts, watching the breath, watching whatever comes and goes. And when we can practice it, that's the tremendous benefit of meditation, then we will be able to watch our own thoughts, watch our emotions, and watch what we're identified with. And then we can start seeing what's a story that's coming from our ego and what's the reality that's coming from our inner knower. So um, a part of the Dalian method is meditation? It has an element of witnessing in it. So it does help to increase the ability to witness, and definitely it's a spiritual practice at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it addresses, like I said earlier, all these aspects, pretty much addresses all the aspects of our human condition. Mm-hmm. So... That's why it has the power, because it has that spiritual um, angle while a person is practicing with it as well. So 
One of the things when I was reading through the book, I think it was one of the introductions, one of the, uh, per, the person who did an introduction for you said that they had a, quote, spiritual problem. When you use that word spiritual that way, what does it mean? It doesn't, nece- it doesn't mean religious, does it? it doesn't, does it have a connotation of deity to it, or does it mean something other than that? Well, spiritual means the awareness of, of the spirit. Okay. What, what is, uh, I need to know, we need to know that we're spiritual beings. We're not just Not physical, not only physical, okay. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, of course, our spirit is involved in many ways in our life. Some people have a more upbeat spirit and they, 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 they wouldn't, um, any challenge for them would be an opportunity. So they would look at life with more high spirit and, you know, with, with the way that um, they can solve problems instead of fall victim to the problems. And some people's spirits are not strong enough to bring them out of the pain and misery. Mm-hmm. So that is a, definitely a very important part of our existence. And it's good if a person becomes aware of how they are using the power of their spirit or how they're actually completely ignoring it. Mm-hmm. So to include that in the equation of healing, self-healing and transformation and healing the body and mind, it's very, very important and we cannot ignore it. Can you treat one without it affecting the other? In other words, if you treat the spirit, does it automatically uh, affect the body? And if you treat the body, does it automatically affect the spirit? Well, in, in, in the second book, Healing the Body, Awakening Consciousness, mm-hmm. I speak specifically about, and I, and I describe how this method is different from all the um, modalities that only focus on a separate area of human existence. Because if we look now, we have allopathic medicine that focuses on the physical body only. Then we have psychology counseling that focuses on the mind and the emotions and how they're interconnected. And then we have the spiritual practices like shamanic practices or religious practices that focus on the spirit, but they're all separate in the work that they're doing. And my my very important message here is that you cannot separate a human being into sections because all these things are all interconnected and they're part of one and the same human existence. So in order for someone to have a transformation into greater consciousness and find their life purpose, find who they are and start enjoying their life and find their creativity and, and the power within, all these areas must be addressed all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And this is precisely what this new healing system does. And I call it the new paradigm because it is a new paradigm in a sense that we cannot separate. Yeah, in our, in our third segment today, I want to take that, I want to do that in detail. So if, this may sound like a trick question, but it's not meant to be in any way. If our, if, if our uh, thoughts and emotions are unconscious, then how can we become aware of them? How can we know that they're actually there? How do you discover that? Uncover it. That's exactly what the technique helps you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a way. There's a way to tap into that unconsciousness in a sense using Absolutely. using your method, right? Absolutely, because nothing ever disappears. And and one very important thing. I don't know if we have time before the break. I can explain or after. But one very important thing is to remember 
that any experience <coughs> that we've had but we have not lived fully will stay in the unconscious. And any experience that we have lived fully, it's lived and it's finished and it's gone. And in order for us to be, to be able to live in the now, all these experiences that have been unlived in the body, they stay in the body. And we need to bring them back up. We need to help them to be lived so that they can be completely released and the energy flows and consciousness comes in. And that's how we expand mm-hmm. our life, our consciousness, and we expand to open to the unknown and the abundance that comes from it. In general, people, I think, look outside of themselves for answers to problems that are on the inside. And maybe that's what the traditional medical model has done in a way, that we're going to treat something in an allopathic way when really the answer is already within us. So, uh, it, it seems, I mean, what you're saying makes perfect sense. And I know our audience is, uh, you know, they want to hear this method. And we're going to be doing that in our, in our third segment after this next break coming up. But don't we always look outside of ourselves for solutions that actually are on the inside? That's absolutely correct, and that's absolutely our problem. <laughs> and so that's what you're trying to address. That's what you do address, not trying to, but that's exactly. Yes. Um, you know, and, and one of the parts of the book I was reading about where a person says that we don't live by our own power. What does that mean when you don't live by your own power? Whenever there's any kind of fear uh, or any kind of need for approval or fear to make mistakes, or any kind of self-judgment that I'm not good enough and I have to compete, I have to be like somebody else, then we are giving our power away. Okay. And finding self-power means finding your own truth and understanding that this is my life, regardless to what people say or do, whether they accept me, they reject me, they agree with me, they disagree with me, it does not matter. Existence gave me this life, and no matter what kind of religious conditionings that I'm being, um, I've grown up mm-hmm. under, and no matter what kind of other social conditionings that have been imposed on me, those conditionings have no power over my life because existence gave me my life, and I'm part of existence. So therefore, I am okay, and nothing wrong with me. Yeah, but a lot of and times, is- a lot of times, people though try to make someone else responsible for their happiness or for their pain. That's another big problem, and this is where people need to understand that this is what's called projection, and why people do that, because they don't want to take responsibility for their pain. Okay. They don't want to feel it. They don't want to, or they don't know how to, both are there, <coughs> how to actually deal with their pain, how to deal with their fear. I guess it's easier to blame someone else for what we experience rather than to take responsibility for it for ourselves. Uh, always the case. And yet that would seem that it would seem to be the most logical. Wouldn't you want to be empowered to the point where you feel responsible for your choices and you're also responsible for the solutions to those choices? The problem, Nick, is that people do not know how to discriminate between their ego and between their consciousness okay. and inner truth. And this is one very important part of the education system that's missing. And the reason it's missing is because the status quo does not want people to wake up. If people wake up and find their own inner power, then they cannot be manipulated or used Mm. the way the status quo would want them to use. Well, now we have a political issue here, don't we? (laughs) 
right. <laughs> power over someone. People people like to have power over others. Not me personally. I don't, in fact, I don't like that at all. I like to empower people to have power over themselves because it's fascinating. We just have about a minute and a half or so, Mata, before we come to the to the next break. So, just quickly, what role do our thoughts play in creating our own uh, illness as well as creating our own healing? Is it a powerful thing? thought, as long as it's a thought and it's connected with the ego, because all the thoughts are connected with the ego, unless they have a quality of awareness within them, mm-hmm. um, are, are creating our problems. And when we identify with our thoughts, then we identify with the ego, and we identify with the fear that the ego has to lose itself. And that's where we stay stuck. It, it sounds counterintuitive, though, to want to create your own problems, doesn't it? I you mean, know, it, it, yeah, <laughs> it is. But that's that's the thing. When there is fear, fear is very powerful. Okay. And especially fear of death, which is the the head of the dragon. Mm-hmm. And because people are so afraid <laughs> to lose what they have, and because they haven't lived it, how can they lose it? And because of that fear of death is how people keep their problems. Wow, this is great stuff. We're going to take a break. Folks, we're talking to Mata Eliza Dalian. I want you to go to her website. The name of the book is In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. Her website is her name, M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great stuff. When we come back from the break, we'll uh, let Mata explain some of the things that you'll find when you go to her website. But you're listening to Straight Talk here on The Voice, 830 AM WEEU and online WEEU.com. Of course, one of the great things about this show is in case you're just joining us and wow, you're fascinated by this talk as much as I am, you'll be able to go to our website at WEEU.com and scroll down the homepage so you get to the section called Straight Talk. You'll be able to listen to this entire interview again and again. It's going to be in an MP3 format so you can download it to your listening device. We're going to take a short break for some messages. We'll be back with our guest in just a moment. Please stay with us. Everybody, welcome, welcome back to Straight Talk here on the Voice, 8:30 a.m. WEEU. She's saying she needs some kind of a therapy to help her through this trouble sleeping that she has. Well, we have the exact right person for her on the air with us today. We're talking to Mata Dalian about her amazing book, In Search of the Miraculous: Healing into Consciousness, and. Uh, Amada, as I said, I wanted you to talk to our audience a little bit and tell them about your website before we actually get into the the Dalian method. Tell us what they'll find. Tell them what they'll find if they go to your website. Um, there's lots of things on my website. Uh, to start with, there are some um, quite a few free gifts that people can download right away, and 
um, there's information about the book, the In Search of the Miraculous Healing in the Consciousness, then Healing the Body, Awakening uh, Consciousness with the Dallin Method. And there are many online courses, intensive retreats, and also teacher training with um, or facilitator, tra- facilitator training with the self-healing Dalian method that mm-hmm. um, I just started. And many people are being trained now to become facilitators of this method. So there's a lot of information. Many people tell me that once they get on my website, they spend hours reading what's in there because I have too much there probably. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's great yeah. though. It, I mean, I have it up in front of me. There's so much information there, but it's fun just to, to go through all the, the different sections. And you have a CD uh, uh, program too, don't you? I do have also, um, I've created an active meditation CD called No Yes, and okay. that's a very powerful meditation technique, which allows people to release a lot of the pent-up negative emotions and um, all the repressed no's that we normally repress because socially it's unacceptable to say no and we have to say yes. So it helps to detoxify the body from all this... Um, repressed negativity and anger um, or, or tears many times too, the sadness, and allows people to start experiencing that purity and openness of their inner being and start to feel the joy that they actually can say yes to life. Yeah, so repressing feelings and things must be a really, really, um, it's, a, it's a, how can I say, it's very detrimental to us, isn't it? It's, it's our social disease, actually. Okay. Because it's nobody's allowed, or they think we will believe. We start believing we're, we're we're not allowed to express freely who we are, what we think, because obviously everybody's afraid to be judged. Everybody's afraid to be rejected, and we have that um, innate human need to to connect, to be together, to be loved. And therefore, we give our power away, we allow ourselves to be manipulated, and as a result, we also start suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so can we maybe uh, discuss a particular case that you may have had and how you treated that person using the Dalian method so that people have some uh, idea of the progression that you might use to help someone through a particular problem? I'm sure you have a number of stories that you could tell us. There are many, many stories, and this method, uh, um, as a matter of fact, has helped to cure many incurable uh, illnesses, such as asthma, thyroid, uh, chronic pain conditions, digestive problems. Um, You can work uh, with cancer. You can work with pretty much everything. Um, What comes to mind, well, there's a case in the book, uh, in the second book, where this woman came with, a swollen knee that she's had and pain in her knee. She couldn't walk um, on that particular um, foot or the leg, so she was having a really hard time to walk. And she's, she tried everything that she could have found till she came and found me. And things helped a little bit, but the actual problem, the root cause, was still there. So therefore, she continued suffering with the pain in the knee, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And especially with age, when the body ages, these things that are still in the cells, they start coming up 
more profoundly and it gets really hard than to deal with it with external means. Mm-hmm. So when we worked with her with the Italian method, and this is something I worked with her uh, personally, what came up was there was a lot of tears and a lot of um, anger associated with feeling abandoned. What had happened is that her mother had disappeared when she was 15 years old. So just one day, there was a note in in their home that uh, you're better off without me, and, and she disappeared. So they couldn't find her, and they didn't know where she was. And years passed. And after, I can't remember, five, six, or ten years, they suddenly saw or somebody saw her car in the nearby lake. So the car was revealed, and it was obvious that she just drove herself into the lake. Mm. Um, All this memory came up, her pain and her anger, the method, what the method does, once it brings those memories up, it uses breath, because through breath is how we hold our emotions, we hold back on feeling our feelings and living them or expressing them. So through breath we open, and then the method also uses out loud verbal expression, and it works with the whole body and the body chakra system and on specifically many areas and goes back and forth through the body so that the whole body can detoxify Mm -hmm. from those thoughts and emotions. And once we released the anger, where once we released that frustration, and you can imagine a 15-year-old girl and suddenly her mother disappears, and on one side she's angry, on the other side she thought, well, what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong that my mother Mm-hmm. couldn't stay with us. So so, so this, how does it interpret, though? How did it interpret into her having pains in her knees because her mom had disappeared when when she was a, a kid? I mean, I, I guess that's what the audience may be thinking. Okay, so, okay, here's the manifestation in her knee. She has a sore knee. You're connecting the dots back to when, when her mom disappeared. But how did it, why did it show up in her knees? Could it have showed up in some other part of her body? Uh, For some people, it could show up in some other part of the body. What we normally do, each person finds a place in their body to repress their emotions. Okay, okay, now we get it. That's why we have different illnesses. So if it's a liver problem or it's a stomach problem or it's a breast cancer or it's a, a physical back problem, so people keep repressing their thoughts and emotions in different parts of their body. But also what happens, Nick, is many times contradictory thoughts and emotions are repressed in different parts of the body, too. And we need to work with the contradiction as well. So on one side, I'm angry with you, Mom, and on the other side, what did I do wrong? And then I love you, Mom. So all that was part of it. And that's why people get so confused and so, in a way, messed up, because Mm -hmm. all these things are there and they're all truly part of their experience. So the, the end result was once, once these things were released, what she did is she was able to connect with her own inner being and understand that her mother had her own journey, had her own lessons to learn, and you know, she came to that very deep place of understanding and forgiveness. That's why in many times when we do work, we try to do forgiveness work, but that forgiveness work is so 
skin deep, it doesn't go deep enough, and people still feel those emotions in the body because they're stored somewhere in the body. So once we go into the body, release everything, then that forgiveness becomes true. Okay, and so that feeling of um, I can take care of myself. Suddenly, the, li- the the girl who was 15, in many cases, most cases, when I work with people, it's the little. Um, boy or the little girl that mm-hmm. is still in the body that's feeling left alone, abandoned, afraid. So all these things need to be mm-hmm. addressed so that the the child grows up and suddenly you're in your real body that you mm-hmm. are right now. So the chi- the child is, in other words, the child gets stuck by the traumatic experience in some way, even though their physical body grows and their intellectual body grows, let's say we, you know, we educate ourselves, the emotional body, the emotional person of the child is still stuck back there as a child. Is that what you're saying? Seeing the world exactly. through the eyes of the child, yet even though the body has grown to be an adult. Exactly. And that's why people are not able to take responsibility. Okay. For themselves, for their emotions. And they can only take responsibility once that inner child grows up and sees that I'm not a child anymore, I can take care of myself, and I understand that my parents did the best they could, and they couldn't have done better. And I understand the lessons in some of my traumatic experiences. They only taught me to find my own inner strength and power. With that understanding, how can you blame anyone? Mm -hmm. Then the blame disappears, and that's the moment the blame disappears, you are taking responsibility for your own life and how you want to create it and your gifts that you need to find and start living. So, but you are, you're, I mean, I'm going to say this and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you're assuming, though, that every physical manifestation of illness, let's say, that we have, or at least many of them, has a component of this unconscious uh, repression of feelings from the past. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm actually not even assuming. I'm I'm saying with hundred percent. Okay, there you go. Certainly, because <laughs> I've worked with people yes. since 1997, thousands of people, and I've seen over and over again. And I can tell you, in 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 those years since 1997, and working with with so many people, I can um, I remember two or three cases where the situations were um, were not connected to their thoughts and emotions, but even that was connected because they, they had genetically, um, um, they, were, they were passed on from somebody from the family member, but nevertheless, there is a cause in that generational chain to why this problem exists. So now so you, so <laughs> before, before we end this, in other words, you can pass on these kinds of feelings to someone else after you? Absolutely, because a child is developing in the mother's womb. So okay. uh, whatever mother's feeling and whatever father has had in terms of programs in his cells, the child starts from those cells from their parents. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it starts already, um, already whatever's, the parents have been working or haven't worked through, the child will be carrying it. Yeah. That's why the generational patterns are there as well that people need to look at and start breaking some of those patterns so that everybody can be free. Yeah. So you know what, Maud, I think we need about two or three more hours of this for people to really understand. So well, we don't have that time. So um, 
I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. It's been incredible. I'm going to send people to your website because it's fascinating information. I'm sure we'll connect again about this topic. But So thanks for being a guest, but I'd like you to wait on the line. I'll be right back with you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Folks, I mean, it doesn't get more fascinating than that, does it, really? Interesting stuff. So go to her website. Her name, Mata Dalian. That's M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com. Check it out. You're going to love it. Thanks for tuning in today. Come back and visit with me the next time here on The Voice, 830 AM WE. This is Nick Lawrence. I'll see you on the radio. Far too long. Never really wanted it that way. But I let it happen If I could do it all again My life would be Infinitely better than before I wouldn't waste a moment Make time for laughing with my friends Make love, make music Make amends Try to make a difference Try to love Try to understand Instead of just giving up I'd use the power at my command But there's only